from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The Denver Nuggets have a 2-1 lead in the NBA Finals. And now, with Game 4 tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, all eyes move to Miami to figure out what they can do to stay in this series. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And if you were like me, you were listening on the radio a couple of nights ago, you heard the great Mark Kestrister. You can hear him again tonight, NBA on ESPN Radio. Kesty joining us right now. Kesty, first and foremost, by the way, in all seriousness, I was driving around the other night listening to you guys uh, in a, a, a magical job and a very difficult job because you're trying to, to paint a picture while a game's going on and it's chaotic. So I just have to tell you, as I tell you all the time, you do great work, man. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. I appreciate that, Jason. It's fun having a three-person booth. It is uh, it is challenging and the best part of the post-game meal is usually us dissecting. How many times do we walk on each other? Sorry when I cut you off here. So <laughs> when you have Doris Burke and PJ Carlismo who see 18,000 things while I'm gas bagging the plays, trying to describe it for everybody, uh, it can be challenging. But we really appreciate that. So going into tonight, ahead of this game, with everything on the line, what do you think the key is for the Heat in order to even this series? Well, I mean, the first thing we keep saying is, you know, the three-point shooting because it has been feast or famine. We saw in game one and game three didn't make the shots. Game two, they did. But the more I look at it, um, the more, as much as Jokic and Murray had 30-point triple-doubles, and that's the headline by far, when you look like within the box score, you see that Denver did a lot of the things that Miami likes to do when they win, you know, rebounding, the all the dirty work. I mean, plus 25 on rebounding uh, was, I think, the biggest disparity in a finals game. you got to go back to, like, Knicks and Lakers in the early 70s. So the one stat that uh, the Miami Heat always put in their game notes that I write down, I often don't get it on the broadcast, but it's amazing, is their deflections, the amount of loose balls they recover, the charges they take. I mean, that is the lifeblood to how Miami has made this long run to the finals, despite having all the struggles they had during the regular year, despite all the quote-unquote talent that Denver has that's you know considered to be better than they have. And that's what Denver did outside of the two 30-point triple-doubles was they won that rebounding it. Uh, they did not give up as many. Uh, you know, 50-50 balls all seemed to go to Denver. So they got to win that. They got to hit shots. Um, and, and obviously, as Eric Spolster told us yesterday, they got to do a better job on the two-man action that uh, Jokic and Murray seem to have mastered this year. And Mark, you spoke about the rebound disparity that it was and not in favor of the Miami Heat. I would also look at the points in the paint that Denver was able to get. I think there were a plus 26 in that category, um, a minus 26 for the Miami Heat in those regards. Do you, when you look at this Miami Heat team, and we all know that the three-point shooting, sometimes it's live by it, die by it for this team. But do you see them at times trying to get to the mid-range game, especially early on if those three-point shots aren't falling? Yeah, that's a great point, Harry, because P.J. Carlismo and and Doris Burke pointed that out early in the game for whatever reason. And, And they watched the games multiple times. Like, I think they've watched game three like three times already since it happened, trying to figure out 
why Bam Adebayo struggled in the paint. Early in the first quarter, there were two or three opportunities pretty close up. you got to give some credit to Jokic, obviously. I mean, he, he doesn't get enough credit for his defense. We know all about his offense and his passing. Uh, but the numbers that our sports information group put out you know, regarding how he uh, defended shots, not necessarily blocks, but alterations of shots, uh, was pretty high. In fact, Bam and Jimmy Butler, I think, each had 10 or more missed field goals in the paint in Game 3. I mean, that is that is way too high for a team, as they did in Game 3 struggle. So that's just, you're right, that's another area we got to watch tonight uh, if they try to establish inside, uh, you know, to be able to convert there because all that added up uh, to the loss here at home. Again, when they, they scored under 100 twice now, under 95 points in this series. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. We're talking to Mark Kester, sir. You can listen to him on the call tonight. Coverage begins 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Kesty, I'm looking at the fourth quarters, and I'm thinking about what we saw on the broadcast, right? Mike Malone, going into the fourth quarter, pointed out to his team that they'd lost every fourth quarter up to then. And he did go on another run in the fourth quarter. What's been happening to the Nuggets in your eyes so far in this fourth quarter that's making it go so wrong for them in some ways? Yeah, I think it's got to be mental. You've got a big lead. You you naturally are going to take your foot off the gas a little bit, but it's hard to imagine, especially when your coach is after you, you know, from the onset, from when it was happening in game one, reminding them in game two. And then again, as you heard on that uh, Wired piece on the television side in game three, I just also think it, it speaks a lot to this Miami team that just, I know it's easy for us to say they never give up. They literally never give up. Although Eric Spolster did, uh, you know, kind of wave the white flag there with a couple of minutes left. And then you had, uh, you know, a, a, a turnover, a couple of quick threes. Next thing you know, it's a nine-point game. And he, he brought those guys out, you know, for a moment. It's just a team in Miami that takes advantage of every mistake you make right up to the 48th minute. And uh, it's been a flaw. I don't know if it's been a flaw for the whole season, but it's certainly been a flaw in these finals. We saw it against the Lakers in the Western Finals, too. You know, they get up big. I'm, I'm guessing it's just you feel good about where you are, and in the end they've won all those games, but it just gets a little too close for comfort. And for Michael Malone and for any coach, and I'm sure PJ would say this as well, it just gives them another opportunity to bark at you to make sure you know we are not done yet, guys. It hasn't cost them yet. But it is a concern, you know, to see how, uh, you know, they have been able to, they have regressed here in the uh, fourth quarter with big leads. So, Kesty, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, the rookie, <laughs> Kristen Brown, has been phenomenal, um, I think, in this series when he's been able to play. He had 15 points the last game. Could you talk about the confidence that he's gained and actually the confidence that he he's put in his head coach, Michael Malone, to put him in certain situations and spots a lot more moving forward? You know, it's funny. Um, I do a little bit of college basketball for ESPN Radio, and it feels like 80% of those games are Kansas games. <laughs> so I was fortunate to get to see Christian Brown over his three years there and, you know, largely – in the shadow of Ochai Abaji of late and some other great Kansas players. Uh, but you always saw some sparks of what could be. And, you know, even taking 21st in the draft, you weren't sure what he could provide for this team in year one. And the one thing Michael Malone has said all season long, I remember when we saw him at the All-Star break uh, in Utah, we saw Michael Malone, and I just asked him, you know, how Christian's doing. And he said the one thing he loved – 
not only his you know physical aspects at six 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 seven, you know, uh, it's the mental toughness that he brings. And what's interesting is at the end of the Western Conference Finals, you know, he had a couple of games where uh, not that he wasn't engaged, just you know, didn't make the play or whatever. And I felt like Coach Malone, you know, took him out of that rotation like maybe too much too soon. And then he gave him a shot in Game One of the Finals. And even though statistically it might not have shown, you know, how much uh, he took advantage of it, I think the three steals were the big one in game one, especially in the fourth quarter when things were getting tight, was he played his way back in and obviously 15 points in game three. He's incredibly smart. He comes from a a family of athletes. I did the the deep dive on his mom a couple of days ago, who I think was two-time All-Big 8 at Missouri and has six siblings and all seven of them went into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame together. I don't know when that was, like four or five years ago. And uh, there was a great article Christian Brown uh, was saying, you know, between his mom and his dad, they were both athletes. But the mom uh, was the most critical, and uh, he says he gets uh, most of his basketball from her. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, he's a great young athlete who is shining on a big stage right now and uh, would not be surprised to see him come up in a big spot tonight as well. Kesty, we've spent a lot of the final learning about, uh, for so many people, about Jokic. I think we've also had a, a discovery around Coach Mike Malone. And give me some sort of an assessment of what you've seen from him in this finals, but also just how it compares to what you've seen from him covering the sport in general. Yeah, I think, look, he's a lifer. He comes from a, a coaching family. You know, his dad, Brendan Malone, won a couple of rings with Detroit, uh, and Michael's always, you know, he's been on really good teams. He was with LeBron as a lower assistant in Cleveland. Uh, you know, he had a early opportunity with the Sacramento Kings, and I think the biggest thing for me is how he and the Nuggets have grown together. You see a lot of coaches, good coaches, losing their jobs after good seasons that, you know, fall beyond expectation and the Nuggets have allowed him you know to miss four postseasons an excruciating loss I don't know what year it was 18 or 19 last regular season game it was either Denver or Minnesota and they went head-to-head they lost in overtime another chance they didn't make the postseason and then they make the run in the bubble and then the injuries and so he and Jokic and Murray have all grown together I mean he's as good X and O as any coach in the NBA He's rock solid, which you want for um, when you're a player. And I think it was Doris or Roz asked him a great question yesterday in our meeting with him about, you know, his relationship with his dad, which is unbelievable. And his dad's 87 now, Brendan Malone. And he said, when I call him after these games, it's not, hi, how you doing? You know, how the finals going? It's literally, hey, you need to be a little tighter on this pick and roll. You need Murray to do this. You got to watch out for this defensively. And I could almost see, like, tears welling up in his eyes a little bit of the pride that his father and his mother have in him and how much he's enjoyed growing up in that family. I mean, he is he's among the best in the league, and I'm so glad he's getting this chance to shine on the big stage. Well, you are among the best, my friend, and we appreciate you hanging out with us, especially on a busy day. Have a great call tonight. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the time. All right, guys. Great to be on with you again. Mark Esther, Game 4 at Nuggets at Heat. Coverage begins tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. You do not want to miss it. Coming up, there's one thing Harry has seen from a future Hall of Fame quarterback that makes him extremely excited about what's in store for this year. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry and I just found out that Devin, who works on the show, has a sleep mask. On Love Friday, I'm just, I'm just curious, Harry. Like, if you're a single got, man, we got, we got to bring Evan in on this. Evan, single man who, about town, like who, Devin's a single who, who man. Who was the town? biggest prima donna on our show, Evan? Well, I thought it was you, but it's definitely Devin. Now. <laughs> like, Dev, walk me through this. Like, is, what's the ritual when we're getting ready for bed? Then, do we like? Is like, like, is there some scent going on? Are you like using like some sort of like spray to make sure your your pillows are nice and fluffy, and then putting on your sleep mask while you get Hell in? Yeah, I love my sleep. Anything that can help my sleep, I'm gonna explore it. You know what I'm saying? Got like a, a breathe right <laughs> strip two going or anything? Like you're shaming sleep. Sleep's so important, Fitz. You should try it. I'm not shaming sleep. I'm just but like, what does the mask do for you well, though? Like, well, how does that help you sleep? For me, I could probably get a, I could probably get blackout shades, but I decided this is gonna help because when I wake up in the morning, the light, you know, it, it peeks through the window, and it's not. I'd rather sleep more, so this this helps block out the light. That's the main reason. But I've had the best nights to sleep in a long time with this so, thing. Can I just say, though, like, my, my two two things with the sleep mask. Like, okay, what color is the sleep mask? Black. Okay. I just want to make sure. We, <laughs> Not surprised, Dale. Yeah, just, okay. Uh, Come on, Harry. I'm just, I'm just a little <laughs> I know curious. My, I, know, I know my boy. Uh, it, like if you if you have a friend over, do we wear the sleep mask or do we not wear the sleep mask or do we do we have to like have a conversation about oh, the sleep mask? Good, that's a good question. Oh, I mean, yeah, sleep's the most important. I mean, that's so if you not, have a friend over, you're wearing the mask. You're actually trying to go to sleep on Love Friday, Dev. That's it. No, I I'm mean, done. I think he's saying. I'm thinking he's saying. I'm done after after the song ends. <laughs> I think. I am done. I am done, Dev. I am done, Dev. You're trying. You're trying to put up. This mask. Oh, is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. Yeah, fits right in. I mean, wearing a sleep mask while he's... Okay, okay. Also, like, are you not worried that a serial killer is going to walk in the room and hover over your bed while they just look at you until they murder you? Absolutely would be my number one concern. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I mean, that's top five for me. Like Number like, one concern if I'm wearing a sleep mask is that somebody's coming in the middle of the night to kill Evan, me. Evan, no offense. Even if you were wide awake and there was someone coming to get you, it wouldn't matter, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have one life rule. If you would see it in the opening scene of a horror movie... And scream at the theater, no, don't do it. You shouldn't do it. That's my only life. I'm just envisioning this. I'm envisioning the beginning of like Scream 19 where Devin pulls the mask down, falls asleep, and next thing you know, ghost face right over him. It's like, ah, knife up. I'm envisioning a serial killer coming to get Evan and just like picking him up with one arm and just carrying him out of the house. (laughs) And Evan's just like, let me grab this baby. Let me grab this baby and bring this baby with me. My wedding night revisited. (laughs) Evan's wife calls a cop. My child has been kidnapped. All right. Uh, 
Speaking of Evan, Evan, Jets fan extraordinaire, like many Jets fans, very happy. But it turns out that not only are Jets fans happy, so are some Jets players. This is what Aaron Rodgers just said today after their OTAs about what the last six weeks have been like as a New York Jet. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, actually. The last six weeks have been about the most fun I've had in a while. So it's fun to come to work and be excited about what we're doing. we got a great quarterback room to be able to work with Todd Downing and Rob and Hacks in there all the time. And, you know, we get some other randoms coming and sit in the room, which is nice, too. But to work with Zach and Tim and Chris has been a lot of fun. Now, also, and this is particularly significant, Roger said, He's planning to get together with the wide receivers on the West Coast during the downtime. The Jets canceled their minicamp for next week because they're reporting to training camp a week early because they're playing in the Hall of Fame game. So during that little gap of time off, he's let everybody know he's going to bring the wide receivers out. They're going to get together on the West Coast. Question number one, Harry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you'll tell me why it's important. But also, like when the wide receiver when the wide receivers are summoned by the quarterback, does the quarterback have to pay for the flights and hotels, or do you have to also pay for that? No, the quarterback. Okay, good. As the long as it's all on this time. Now that we've broken that. Down, down uh what your thoughts on this moment yeah I love this and I think it also shows Aaron Rodgers understands you know how important the offseason is for this group to be able to be on the same page because of how the schedule is made for the New York Jets I don't really think although you may have some bumps and bruises I don't think they can afford it because you look at the first few weeks of the season they play Buffalo on Monday Night Football they have the Cowboys New England Kansas City Denver and Philly uh, before their bye week. So all the reps that you're able to get right now in the offseason, I think is very, very important to having that chemistry on the field, not just during the season, but as you enter training camp versus using training camp trying to get ready for that, something that we've seen Aaron Rodgers do last year with the Green Bay Packers when he had new receivers um, with that group. But I think it, it, it shows that he's intentional He's all the way bought in and he understands the urgency of being on the same page with these wide receivers. Like he has that chemistry, you know, with Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Yes, he has that. But you talk about a guy in Garrett Wilson who's going to play phenomenal football for them. Miko Hartman, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, all these guys need to be able to build that rapport with Aaron Rodgers. And some of that got taken away because he got hurt. And it's nursing that calf muscle at the moment. So now you get to go out to California, have some bonding time. I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to do things in the afternoons and, uh, and, and late night to be able to build that team chemistry and that team bonding with one another. So when they get to training camp and they get to the regular season, they're hitting the ground running versus trying to build it at that moment. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry, what you just said there, I think applies to everything in life, right? Like we can't pick and choose when we think bonding matters. Uh, I I may not always be the best at shutting life down and saying, yeah, I just need to bond with the people I'm out with. And I wasn't the best of that, frankly, when I was on the road in music. I was always so work-focused. But what do great companies typically do? They have retreats for their employees where they have they have moments for their employees. Like one of the moments that everybody that works for ESPN looks forward to the most is the annual family picnic for ESPN where they buy out a local theme park and everybody goes and hangs out for the day. Uh, why do they spend that money? Because it brings everybody together. 
together and it creates sort of a, a moment where you can build camaraderie. Every single player, you included, that I continue to talk to and I ask the same question. What's the most important part of, OT, important part of OTAs? What all y'all told me. It's about bonding. It's about building a relationship with guys. Uh, the football comes. It's about making sure that the communication comes as part of it. And you think about what we do for a living. As much as it can be about, hey, do we have uh, do we have coaches and things like that? It also comes down to, are we getting reps together? Do we understand each other? And do we have a bond with each other? Those are the things that make any partnership better. I don't care whether we're talking about computers. I don't care whether we're talking about sports. I don't care whether we're talking about teams. That's what's happening in these, in these outings, and that's why it's important. And I'll say from a quarterback perspective, it's all about understanding the body language of the wide receiver, of the new wide receivers that you're going to be playing with. And also from a wide receiver perspective, understanding – what Aaron Rodgers is going to do on a go route or a fade ball, right? If you and the DB are even, right? Because he's probably going to back shoulder that ball. Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard understands that. But in these little workouts that they're, they're going to be able to do, you know, Miko Hartman would understand that. Garrett Wilson would be able to understand that. Corey Davis would be able to understand that. And it's just those little nuances of the game of understanding one another on the football field that will pay dividends during the season. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. We've seen one NFL quarterback improve every season he's been in the league. So does that mean he's about to take an MVP leap in 2023? Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. It's Fitz and Harry. Devin, play the voice again. Just play the voice again. This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Can we get him to just say all of that for me? It just sounds so much better. Although it's jarring to everybody when you hear that great voice and then you hear my coming in. I get it. It's Love Friday. Harry's in his feels. Trying to help set the tone for Friday night. We're also helping to set the tone across the NFL because... We're having a little bit of fun as we get ready for the season. It's just around the corner, but we're looking specifically at one position and that one position and their chances to get an MVP. It's Fitz and Harry's QB of the Day. All right, so the QB of the Day is a QB. We're taking a look at a different one every day that seems to be somewhere in the conversation for the MVP. And the next quarterback on our list in the QB of the Day is one Jalen Hurts. Obviously hurts so good, Harry, but the funny thing is, I just always have to start the Jalen Hurts conversation here. A year ago right now, nobody thought we'd be here. A year ago right now, nobody believed in Hurts the way we do right now. And now we're sitting here, Harry, saying, is he an MVP? And I would say, yes, he's an MVP caliber quarterback. And I thought if he wouldn't have missed games late in 2022, that he actually would have won the MVP award. Now, I say that to say this. 
Jalen Hurts became the highest paid player in the National Football League. And with that honor, it comes new expectations. And he was phenomenal a season ago, you know, completing over 66% of his passes, over 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns to six interceptions, on top of rushing for over 750 yards and 13 touchdowns. Led the Philadelphia Eagles to a Super Bowl appearance before losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. But when you also survey this football team, you understand they lost a guy in Javon Hargrave who had 11 sacks for them. So now you have a Jordan Davis and you have a Jalen Carter who's going to have to fill that role. You have a new defensive coordinator. You have a new offensive coordinators. And the expectations that we have for a guy like Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, when things you know aren't so great, we tell those guys that you have to be phenomenal and you have to be amazing and figure out a way to get it done. I think that's now on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. When things aren't going right for Philadelphia, whether it's offensively or defensively, him being one of those high, the highest paid player in the National Football League, that's a new pressure that's on him in 2023. You make it right, Jalen Hurts. And I think he's going to be able to live up to those expectations and in the process also be back-to-back you know, an MVP candidate as he was in 2022. Well, part of why I think everything you just said makes sense is that one of his qualities is that he has improved every year in the league. Nick Sirianni, Eagles head coach yesterday, said this about Jalen Hurts and his improvement. Jalen may be the most coachable person I've ever been around in my life. Um, and that, And that, I mean, he's just always looking to get better and so I do I see another another jump in, in everything um, that he's done um, with the accuracy with the with the decision making I don't know what his ceiling is because he just keeps getting better and he's gonna and he's gonna continue to do that right, and, and, and just really quick fits that makes it easier for Nick Sirianni and the rest of the coaching staff when you say Jalen Hurts is the most coachable player that you've ever coached it makes it easy for you to be tough when you need to be tough on them, but also it makes it easy for you to coach other players on your football team the way they need to be coached as well because you can coach the best player like that. Sometimes, too, I take what we see in the NFL and I stack it to what you and I have seen having the glorious honor of covering so much college football. And if you watched Jalen Hurts in college, if you followed his career in college, if you talked to any of the people that were around him uh, at Alabama – what did they tell you all the time? That, that pressure never got to him, that he was always smooth, that he always had an incredible belief in himself, but he was always quiet and listened. Like, he is that guy. The person that we are seeing now is simply a glow-up of what we saw in college. So when I hear that he's constantly improving, I sort of look at it and say, well, that that checks the same boxes we all heard about him when he was benched at halftime of a national championship game. You know, when I hear that he's cool as a cucumber, that matches those same things. And when you talk about the pressure of being the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL— I simply think there are certain guys in the world that don't feel pressure no matter what. Joe Burrow is one of those guys. I don't think Joe Burrow ever feels pressure to do anything. I honestly, we Tim Pontemps earlier today said Jokic had the most pressure of anybody coming into the postseason. I don't think Jokic feels pressure. like, And I don't think Jalen Hurts feels pressure. And when you don't feel pressure, when you are capable of just shutting whatever that portion of your brain is off, the sky is the limit because nothing holds you down. Well, I think we had multiple examples of him not in, not being rattled and not feeling the pressure last season where, you know, they may have had a, had a negative play and it may be second and 18 or first and 20. 
not one time did Jalen Hurts panic. And also the play caller at the time for the um, Philadelphia Eagles because they knew Jalen Hurts was going to be able to put them in the positions to be successful and pick up a first down or get them to a manageable third and medium, a third and short situation. So that also speaks volume from a guy like Jalen Hurts because when you have your quarterback being the calmest person on the football field, even more so calm than your head coach or every any other coach on the coaching staff, it pays huge dividends on the football field, and you never feel like a negative play can get the best of you offensively. And, off, and, offensively. and stack that, Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio. Stack that with everything else. There's pressure playing at Alabama. He never seemed to feel it. There was pressure going to Oklahoma where everybody that went there was a Heisman uh, Trophy winner. He didn't seem to feel it. There was pressure in Philadelphia going into last year where we were all saying, I don't know, Jalen Hurts might not be the answer. He better come out and perform. He didn't seem to feel it. And the more we looked at Jalen Hurts throughout the course of last year in the regular season, the more everybody put their eyes squarely on Jalen Hurts, the more badass he seemed, the more calm he got, the more collected he got, the more Philly he got, right? Like through and through, the more swaggy he got, the more the pressure rose. So it's funny, like pressure here has created a swagger and a legend. And I only think that getting paid will add to that. It won't take away from it at all. And Fitz, I would end, I'm, I'm going to end with this right here. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be surprised if Jalen Hurts leads the Philadelphia Eagles back to the Super Bowl and they actually win it. Don't be surprised if Jalen Hurts wins the MVP of this season because he works on his craft. And I know he doesn't want, number one, let himself down, let his family down. But most importantly, he doesn't want to let his teammates down and people in that organization. And we're going to be sitting here all year talking about Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, rightfully so. And while all that's happening, right over here, pay no attention to the guy on the other side of this, Jalen Hurts, who's just going to be cool, calm, and collected. You're a thousand percent right, Harry. Coming up, the best, the worst, and the ugly from this show this week, but... We're going to make up for all of it with a parlay that will absolutely cash. That's coming up next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This week on Fitz and Harry. Are you more impressed with the confidence of the Miami Heat or more impressed with the bikini seen while rollerblading in Miami? Oh, <laughs> oh my God, Harry, if you think in a million years that I'm going to be rollerblading anywhere, then my man... No, 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 not, oh, not you, not you rollerblading, but the, bikini, but the bikinis rollerblading. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a reason why Nick Ferdell took his talents to South Beach, mm. and I'm here to let you all know why. It's for the Miami Heat, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm shooting. You know, you know what they I'll say, shoot or shoot, bro. Yeah. Shoot or shoot. shoot, or, shoot I'll or be your skater boy, is what you say. Uh, that works every time. It, does it? You I, think she's ever heard that before? No, probably. Yeah, but it sounds corny as hell. Yeah. Uh, I'll be your skater good, boy. Actually, you're the generic chocolate ice cream on this Sunday. Like, not as good as real chocolate. You know me. Huh? You know me. Just plain Jane. <laughs> Evan's back from vacation. You want, you want in on any of this? Didn't miss any of it. You know who likes my voice? Devin's mom. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. You might want to do that yourself after that joke. <laughs> cancel, cancel, cancel. Because he's so, like, girthy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm a girthy dude, too. At a, at a baby drink. You know, he, he, he hey, love Friday now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. There's about a decade of age. If you're somewhere between the age of 35 and 45, this song whew, takes you back. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. On my mind. It's Love Friday. I can't get enough. Just what to do. Game four, Nuggets Heat. Coverage begins tonight, 7.30 p.m. On ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Serious X, yeah. Oh, yeah, come on. Oh. We have a job to do, but hard to do right now. <laughs> All right, Fridays. This is a new thing for us on the show. Uh, it is time to make sure that we make you a little bit of money with some Fitz picks. Give me money, money, money. Time to build your balance. Give me the money. This is Fitz picks. Give me the money. Fitz picks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Here's what we're doing. We're putting skin in the game on this. All right. We're not just going to sit here and give you a pick on Fridays from now on. We're building a parlay. So we're going to build a parlay for tonight's game. Now, for any of you that don't know, a parlay is basically a bunch of bets together. You put $1 amount on it, and if you get it right, you make more money. All right, so last week, we got close. I'm going to be honest. We got close as a show. It didn't quite happen. We're going to build a parlay with four different things here, and then at the end, we'll decide how confident we are spending my money. It'll either be a $1 parlay. You guys think I've lost my mind. A $5 parlay. Things are going pretty well. Or $10, like you just don't care about my my future ability to eat food. All right, so we're going to go somewhere in the everybody ready to get on board for this we're going to start with a very basic question we'll start with tonight's game uh i'm picking denver tonight harry are you picking denver tonight in this game yes i am okay so the question becomes do we want denver straight up denver's just going to win or denver by three and a half that's the current spread denver by three and a half or denver straight up i, I i'm kind of leaning the three and a half portion yeah me this. too i think right. i think three and a half is uh, very favorable for the denver nuggets show staff uh, evan devin you guys agree so far we're feeling good about this parlay we got three and a half going good everybody's good yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll take some confidence on that. I do that think the Heat are going to, like, I don't know, man. Kevin, I think the Heat, I, I just I don't know, like, man. Eh. I don't know, man. I feel like they're not going to let, Jimmy Butler's not going to let, you know. Oh, not going to let. Not going to let. Yes. So, so he's not going to be able to come in and, and take two on the home court. I just, I feel like that's going to be tough. Uh, like, when we say Jimmy Butler's not going to let, like, when we say that about the Jokic brothers, we think maybe they're going to take somebody in the back alley. When we say that about Butler, we're just presuming that Butler's going to suddenly rise to be the size of, okay. You know what? I'm, 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 You're taking everything so literally. Okay. That, thank you. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next uh, part of this parlay. We're going to, we're going to focus. Focus on Jimmy Butler points. Okay, so Jimmy Butler points over under 24 and a half. How are we feeling? 24 and a half feels like <sighs> he, ha- he in order for the Heat to win, he has to have more than that, I believe. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to win. So, you know, I, I, I'm Kevin Winter is, is our sports center anchor extraordinaire is in here. Uh, Kevin, do you do we, where are you on 24 and a half? Just give me thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up. He uh, Kevin saying the over, Harry's saying the over, room, you guys agreeing on the over. All right, we're taking the Jimmy. Can Butler. I just can I just chime in here with Kevin? Kevin oh wrote God. Kevin wrote some stuff on my paper that I had to ask him what it is because his handwriting's terrible. He said the game under 210 and a half points is a lock for the under for the total points. Well, you know what? I didn't pull up the total points right now. You know, it's just one step at a time. All right. Uh, let's go to the, that would have been a better bet. You're right, Kali. Uh, Jokic assists. All right. So Jokic assists. We've got some different options here. Let's say Jokic assists nine and a half. Uh, where are we? Nine and a half. Over, under, nine and a half. Uh, I've, 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 we're taking the over on the nine and a half. It's a big number, over. y'all. 
Evan's saying confidently over Ooh. nine and a half. Harry, what do you think? Um, overs. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go over because it's not like the the Denver Nuggets second uh, secondary players have just been phenomenal shooting the ball. They're due for one though. I, I'm. I mean, listen, it's a democracy here, but I'm going under. I'm taking trends. What do we see in game two? He had four. I think we're going to see a similar game two effort out of both teams. Okay, so I'm leaning under on a two. Kevin Winter, give me the thumbs up, uh, thumbs down. Kevin has gone thumbs down. We are now going under cool. nine and a half. All right, we're going to see where this one. That drastically changes our payout, by the way. So now things are getting interesting. Jamal Murray, three pointers made. All right, so the number is three. Will he make more or less than three? Uh, I'm going less. All right, we're all going. Uh, we're all going less than three. All right, so and then we got one more here. We got Bam Adebayo rebounds eight more or less than eight. Oh, more, more than eight. More all the way yeah, across. I mean, more than eight. We all agree on this. All right, and now how confident are we? Ten. I'm, I'm putting ten bucks on this. You know what? Your money. Let's do yeah. Let's do twenty. I'm putting ten bucks on this. Oh, it's twenty bucks. No, ten was the max. Do we want to uh, add the under? No, no, I don't have time to add the under. Right now, we have less than a minute left in the segment. What are we doing here? All right, so ten dollar bet to make. 110. That's not bad. All right. $10 bet to make 110. We'll see where yeah, things that's, go. That's good because you're going to need it because the Mets are stinking up the place right now. How do you bring the How do you bring the By the time because they come I want to my, air, my luxurious steak dinner. You know what? I am going to need cash for that luxurious steak dinner, but maybe I'll just sell the Stanley Cup that Vegas lets me hold after they win it. Kenny and Carlin coming up next. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry. Enjoy Love Friday. I know we will. Woo. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.